The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So when I see Joe Biden on the lawn of the White House and the Easter Bunny coming over, waving in his face to save him from another um, self-induced gaffe, Uh, I just wonder what lies ahead of us over the next two and a half years of his presidency. And then I see a headline like this on the Daily Wire. Biden has told Obama he plans to run again. Joe Biden will turn 80, 80 in December. He will be on the doorstep of age 82 if he were to run again in November of 2024. And yet he tells Obama that he is going to run again. Why? Well, of course, because he thinks he's doing a tremendous job. And also because he believes that he is the only Democrat who could defeat Donald Trump. This according to The Hill. One of their sources told The Hill, Biden wants to run and he's clearly letting everyone know he thinks he's the only one who can beat Trump. I don't think he thinks there's anyone in the Democratic Party who can beat Trump. And that's the biggest factor. Now, what do the polls say about a Biden-Trump rematch? Last month, Harvard released a poll that said Trump would beat Biden by six points if the two faced off again in 2024. If Trump ran against Kamala Harris, uh, Donald Trump would defeat her 49% to 38%, although 12% of the voters remained undecided. Now, those might seem like big margins to you. They do not seem like big enough margins to me. As I've said before, I have enormous respect for the job that Donald Trump did as president. In terms of policy, I really think he's the best president since Reagan. Reagan's the best president of my lifetime because he came in when inflation was soaring out of control when our collective belief in American exceptionalism was lagging, the Iran hostage crisis and other things, and Reagan really turned America around. And he cast a vision that resulted in conservatism still flourishing, at least still beating resoundingly. So Trump was not Reagan. You can't be if you only serve one term and Reagan served two. But Trump's policies were very, very effective. Of course, with the Biden administration, one of the reasons why they might be doing so poorly is because everything Trump did, they feel this uh, divine prompting, demonic prompting, to undo it. Here is Kellyanne Conway talking about that phenomenon as it relates to, uh, I'll pick masks, immigration, just about everything. I don't understand why this White House is not paying more attention to the public. They can't even take a win on yesterday's uh, judicial announcement that you no longer have to wear masks. Instead, they're saying, well, let's see. They should be taking a win. They should, they should not be taking the joy away from the public. And on this issue of immigration, I think they all look at it through the Donald Trump lens, and that's a mistake. They say, you know, Trump bad, we're good, Trump's wall, we tear it down. Spite is no way to run a country. And this is why his own Democratic base, uh, the Democratic senators, excuse me, are turning on him a little bit. He's really taken incoming. Yeah, he is taking incoming. He's got a lot of Democratic senators who are up for re-election or will be in 2024 
who are taking issue with his plans to eradicate Title 42, which gives Border Patrol the right to just dismiss illegal immigrants because of COVID. They can just turn them around, head them across the border, back to Mexico. No, you're not getting in. He wants to suspend that. It's on the docket to be suspended in May. And there are a lot of Democratic senators, (laughs) most notably Mark Kelly of Arizona, who's like saying, hey, please don't sign my death warrant as a senator by instituting that stupid policy that will cause immigrants to come continue to come streaming across the border. But Biden is a failure largely because his ego is out of control. He's always been a blustery, blathering, out-of-touch-with-reality kind of a politician. So I'm not surprised nobody can tell him anything on the border or on the economy. I mean, remember, he wanted to spend $5 trillion more dollars. If he could get his Build Back Better plan in, which only Joe Manchin stopped, I saw estimates yesterday inflation would be at like 25% if he had pumped that, flooded the, the market with that money. But I still don't know if the vitriolic, illogical, unhinged hatred of Donald Trump has abated enough that the former president could win again, even in spite of all of Biden's epic failures. I expect the Senate to turn Republican in 2022. I expect the House to be Republican in 2022. Even though Trump, (laughs) in quotes, lost to Joe Biden, had Trump not essentially bailed on Georgia, had he not clouded the issue by continuing to talk about the election being stolen from him, I think the Republicans would have held on to or won one of those two Georgia Senate seats and would now have a 51-49 majority in the Senate. We picked up an amazing amount of gains in the House, even though we lost the presidential election. So I expect us to have control of the Senate and the House entering the 2024 election. And I can just hear it now. I can just hear it now. Sure, Joe Biden is ineffective, but, you know, we're getting used to the high prices and things are going to get better and we don't want to turn it over to an all-Republican government again and let's just re-elect Biden and let the Senate and the House sit in Republican hands. I can hear that. I can hear a lot of Republicans. Sadly, I can hear a lot of Republicans embracing that logic. So that's why I continue to say that I think it would be better for the party. And when I say better for the party, I mean ensuring a certain victory in the presidency in 2024. If Donald Trump chose to do what he can do to, I think, show that he genuinely does prioritize the country over his own ego. I get it. I get it. I understand why he wants to defeat Joe Biden, embarrass Joe Biden in 2024. I mean, admit it. Biden got to run the last time without ever coming out of his basement. And Trump has the energy and the eloquence and the acumen to debate Joe Biden off his feet if they face off in a debate, even though the Republican Party now says it won't take place in those debates because, you know, the moderators are stacked against them, which is absolutely unequivocally true. 
But Donald Trump wakes up the enemy. I've said that many times. I firmly believe that. It's not. Look, is life fair? No, that's not fair. I get it. It's not fair. But there are two things that are true. Number one, Donald Trump awakes the enemy. Number two, whoever the Republicans would run instead of Donald Trump will be branded as worse than Trump. But even that branding won't wake up the nutsos, the crazies, the deranged anti-Trumpers who will come out of the woodwork just to vote against the former president. So I think the only chance Biden has to get reelected is if Trump would run against him. Not because I think that's the way the election should go, but because I'm afraid that Trump would so energize the opposition that we would not be able to grab the White House to go along with what I think by then will be solid holds on both the House and the Senate. Well, I'm sure you've heard the expression, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. That's how I felt today when I watched a YouTube video from a comedian uh, by the name of Mike Dice. Uh, Mike, uh, excuse me, Mark Dice. Uh, Mark Dice. Now, apparently what Mark Dice does is he goes out and he uh, offers a fake petition to man-on-the-street type encounters. He's holding a petition. He asks people to sign the petition. The petition is for something made up. But in the response of those who he encounters, uh, you gain insight into just how faulty people's thinking is. So in California recently, uh, Mark Dice stood on a sidewalk adjoining a beach, and he approached people about signing a petition to ban the sale of the Bible on Amazon. Give a listen. Just how far is the left censorship going to go? Will Americans sign a petition to ban the Bible? Let's find out. Will you help us to ban the Bible? To ban the Bible? We're just trying to get rid of this hate speech just to help the New World Order. But Amazon is still selling it to a lot of people, and we're just trying to get them to stop that. Why would I want to ban the Bible? Well, you know, it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Uh, It's hurting a lot of people's feelings. Just print here and... Yeah, print, birthday, and a signature. You know, the Bible hurts a lot of people's feelings, and it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. And if we can get rid of it, you know, that'll really help with the New World Order. A lot of people want to burn the existing ones, but maybe we can do that later. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Amazon has finally stopped selling a lot of racist and anti-Semitic books by people like former KKK leader David Duke. They were selling his autobiography for years. They finally stopped selling it, but they're still selling the Bible, so we're just trying to... So I'm just signing to not have the Bible be sold on Amazon? Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a good thing for humanity. You know, if somebody already purchased one, you know, I mean, at least at this point, we're not going to confiscate them, maybe in the future, but we just don't want anybody else to be purchasing new copies. Good luck. Thank you. Have a good one. When you say hate speech, I want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. Well, the Bible has a lot of homophobia in there, and, uh, you know, it, it says that the Jews conspired to have Jesus killed. It's an anti-Semitic trope, so we're just trying to get the Bible banned to help stop the hate speech. And I'm with, on board with you there. On board with us there. You know, I mean, for the people who have already bought one, 
I mean, at least at this point, we're not going to be confiscating them, maybe in the future, but we're just trying to get the new purchases stopped and just ban it from all the stores. Thank you so much. Wow. Like I say, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. It's absurd. Uh, But all four of the people he encountered there signed his petition. So not everybody did. There were a few that did not. But it just tells you. Where does the stuff in the schools that's leftist, Marxist, where does it come from? What does it grow from? It always boils back to a disrespect for truth, an elevation of self over the sovereign authority of God. And you see it play out in that little exercise right there, where he really didn't encounter much opposition. Even the people who said, no, I'm not going to sign that. Nobody, like, responded to him like I thought they would. Now, when people refused to sign it, he said, hey, I'm just kidding around. So he didn't leave them with the incorrect impression that he was actually doing that. But by far, the overwhelming majority of the people were fine with it. So, mob mentality and a lack of real awareness as to what is going on and uh, what people's motivations are. See it all the time. Most prominently, of course, on social media. What is up with Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter? Well, I don't know how how uh, purposeful Musk has been. I don't know if he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. But it seems to me like there are a lot of vultures circling over Twitter now. And I will be surprised if two months from now, everything has calmed down and Twitter is still run by the exact same people and nobody has gained an investment in it or control of it in a way that makes some changes. Because Elon Musk's interest in Twitter has inspired other firms that have the coin to do what he's out front theoretically attempting to do to also formulate their own plan to get Twitter. One of them is Apollo Global Management. They are considering participating in a bid for Twitter They are one of the world's largest buyout firms, and they could buy it themselves, or they could help Musk or another bidder buy it. Apollo is the owner of Yahoo, which has its own online news service, of course, and it sees the possibility to link Twitter and Yahoo, although Twitter executives would have some say in that and may, in fact, rebuff that. The Assumption in the markets is that Twitter will not go along with Musk's offer to buy the company at $54 a share. And the assumption is also that when Twitter reports its earnings at the end of the month of April, it will announce its stance then that it has declined the offer. But, 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 that's not the end of the story because declining Musk's offer will no doubt peeve some of the shareholders who are holding stock right now that is not worth nearly as much as Musk has offered to buy it for. So if the Twitter board declines Musk's offer, they could very well have a mutiny on their hands with their own shareholders, which could cause what? Those shareholders to give Musk proxy control of their shares, which would give him even more leverage in his attempt to uh, buy the company, or, or it would drive the price of Twitter stock down which would, of course, make it then easier for somebody else to buy it because it would be less expensive. So uh, watching this interestingly because 
There's a whole other level to Elon Musk trolling Twitter by attempting to buy it and by sparking all this speculation about its future than just him tweeting that it's, you know, not living to its purposes as a free speech platform. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reported yesterday that Morgan Stanley is in for providing at least some of the debt financing because here is the deal. While Musk is worth way more than $54 billion, he cannot just pull $54 billion out of the bank or $43 billion, whatever it is, at $54 a share. He can't just pull that out of the bank and pay for Twitter. Why? Because most of Elon Musk's wealth is tied up in Tesla and SpaceX. Put yourself in Elon Musk's shoes. Would you want most of your wealth to be in cash right now, where prices are going up all the time, and your cash is worth less and less, right? Remember when $2.50 used to buy you a gallon of gas? How much gas does it buy you now? Remember when $4 a pound used to buy you bacon? How much bacon does it buy you now? Half as much, okay? So that's why Elon Musk does not have his holdings in cash, but he has it in stocks, in companies. Tesla's doing great. SpaceX is doing great. Solar City doing great. But for him to get the cash, say, well, just sell the stock. Okay, great. If he sells the stock, what does that tell existing stockholders in Tesla, SpaceX, and Solar City about his view of the company? Well, it's inarguable. It tells them he values Twitter more than he values his own company which if you're an investor in those companies, then you start to get nervous about that company. And you're like, maybe I ought to unload my stock too. Maybe I'll look for a company that I think is worth more than this stock because clearly Elon Musk thinks Twitter is worth more than Tesla. Twitter is worth more than SpaceX. So that's why he's going to need somebody to come up with the cash to do this. He's worth it. He's good for it. But even then, he doesn't want to be fully leveraged. I think he'd like to have a partner. Why? Because, okay, you buy it you're leveraged, your loan gets called, then at that point in time, he's going to have to sell his Twitter stock or his SpaceX stock or his holdings in SolarCity or something else. So he's got the money, just doesn't have it in the right pocket, in the convenient, most convenient place where he can get a hold of it. So it does bear watching, though, because him making the bid, look, everybody wants to hang out with the cool kid, right? Everyone wants to affiliate with the successful person, right? Elon Musk is, without question, super successful. Everything he touches, it seems, turns to gold. First PayPal, Tesla, now SpaceX, everything else. So that's why a lot of rich companies are not shy about wanting to give him money. So we'll see where it goes. I hope it ends with Twitter being owned by somebody else. So it can truly be a free speech platform. 